Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, welcome to the show. Fifth Street Soccer here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. I'm Nick Eber. It's great to be with you tonight on what is a day following a very, very busy weekend in the Premier League. Some great results. We're going to talk about it all, of course. And by the way, if you were listening for my picks in the Premier League last week, I did pretty well. Uh, The Man United game notwithstanding, we're going to talk about that one in a minute. I think I... Got it spot on. Sheffield United, Leicester City. And let's, what about Leicester City? What a great talking point that is. But the weekend is behind us. Halloween is behind us. Thank God, I have to tell you. I have a, I have a 10-year-old. It's, it's my least favorite holiday day, whatever the hell you want to call it. I, I just cannot stand Halloween. It's not like it's one day either. If you, if you have a kid, you know how this is. They, they have to have a costume, and then there's uh, you know the school trunk or treat, and there's the parties, and there's the fairgrounds, then there's finally Halloween night, and then you walk around freezing your ass off, uh, as I did here in Las Vegas where it was very cold, and you basically hijack very unhealthy candy from all your neighbors, most of whom are not happy that you're ringing their doorbell when they're... Uh, trying to sleep with their CPAP machine on or suck down their oxygen or whatever it is they do. A bloody awful holiday. Very ha- glad it's over. My, my kid actually doesn't like candy all that much, believe it or not. Uh, he loves pizza and hamburgers and stuff like that, but, you know, Twix and Kit Kat and Snickers and all that sort of stuff, he's not real big on. So he sits around the house and then I eat it, which is, you know, I don't need it, to be honest with you. I'm not exactly the uh, most svelte of hosts, but I really don't need it. Anyway, lots of stuff to get to today. Champions League this week. We're going to take a look at some of the uh, early Champions uh, League matches. We'll talk Premier League football. We'll look at some of the gossip. We'll talk Bayern Munich. We'll talk their need for a new manager. Let's look at some of the available managers out there as well. So much to get to. 800-878-PLAY if you want to chime in, or you can find me on Twitter at Fist Street Sports or on Facebook at f- uh, facebook.com forward slash Fist Street Sports Talk. I am going to step aside, take a break. By the way, big hello to our men and women in uniform around the world listening on the American Forces Network. Hope you enjoy the show. But I'm going to take a break. Be back in three minutes. Hope you'll stay with me. All right, welcome back to the show for Street Soccer. I'm Nick Eber. Find me on Twitter. You can also find me on Twitter on my personal Twitter account, which is at Nick Gieber. I hope you'll follow along. <clears throat> Lots of discussions on my Twitter account and, of course, the show account at Fifth Street Sports. <clears throat> Excuse me. Got some uh, leftover Halloween candy stuck in my throat. I tell you, I really need to get back to the gym at some point. The problem I have when I go to the gym is I just never really know, you know what to wear because my stuff's really old and disgusting. I want to tell you about a new thing I found. It's really cool. It's this uh, clothing called Viori, V-U-O-R-I. It's a new perspective on performance apparel. It's perfect if you're sick and tired of traditional old workout gear. Everything's designed to work out in, but it doesn't really look or feel like it. It's really freaking comfortable. I recommend this stuff highly. 
It's also, by the way, perfect for travel. You know, nowadays everyone basically likes to travel in thongs. This is not a thong. This is great looking workout stuff. Really, really comfortable. Uh, they got super. They got really cool shorts and sweatpants. Great stuff. Anyway, Viore is an investment in your happiness, and they are offering twenty percent off both to Sports Byline listeners and if you're listening on the podcast to Believe podcast listeners when you go to vioreclothing.com and enter the code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout. That's V-U-O-R-I clothing.com. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over 75 bucks plus free returns. Go to Viore, V-U-O-R-I clothing.com and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Uh, I'm certainly going to do that. Hope you will too. All right. Um, lots to get to today. Of course, the Premier League is now behind us for the weekend, for the week. Uh, the table ends with Liverpool on top. Still only the one draw. Everything else has been wins. 31 points. City right behind them. Well, six points behind them with uh, 24 points. Third place is Leicester City. And what a season Leicester City are having, really. It's a wonder to behold, and it's great fun to watch. Look, lots of people complain about the Premier League, uh, about the big European leagues, how they're all one-sided, how the big teams always win, the same names over and over again. And look, who can forget when Leicester City won the Premier League? I think it's the biggest underdog story in the history of sport in terms of the odds that they had coming into the season to win it. But they're right back up there again. And, of course, it's been the hiring of Brendan Rodgers, who's, you know, 10 years at... Liverpool prior to that Swansea and then he was I believe it was Celtic he's always been a good manager but you know he's young but was young he was a bit a bit full of himself and had a lot to learn but I think what you're seeing now with Leicester City is he's learned the lessons and I think if there's ever a compliment you can give to someone it isn't that they're the biggest know-it-all or they're purely brilliant or they you know they have all the answers it's the fact that they are skilled and talented and understand the job they're doing, but they learn from their mistakes. And I think you can look at Leicester City right now, who have only two losses on the season, 23 points sitting above Chelsea on goal differential, sitting two points right behind Manchester City. Uh, Had an absolutely astounding run as we're 11 games into the season. Of course, they have a massive match coming up against Arsenal on Saturday Arsenal are quite the opposite of that with Unai Emery. They are really struggling. They have only one win in their last five. We're going to talk about Arsenal. Let's talk a little bit about Leicester City. But how how exciting is watching Leicester City, much like it is watching Frank Lampard's Chelsea? Look, here's a club in Chelsea who basically fired their manager, Maurizio Sarri, who was under a two-window transfer ban, bring in club legend Frank Lampard to take the helm as manager. He can't bring in any players. He can just, they've managed to sign Christian Pulisic before the ban, but they lose their best player, Aiden Hazard. And you're thinking Chelsea are really going to struggle. They've just got nothing but young kids that they're bringing up, kids that have been out on loan in the championship and other uh, other clubs around the league and other clubs around other leagues. But they bring these kids back and under the tutelage of Frank Lampard, who's really shown that he has many of those same chops that I think we're talking about Brendan Rodgers possessing, has really managed to get the best out of this young team, get these guys really believing in themselves and in him and in his system. And they're playing without fear. And part of it is, I think, they're playing without pressure because the expectations on this club were 
I won't say they were negligible because, you know, Chelsea Club, Football Club always has expectations around its supporters and they have become one of the big names in football. But I would say that the bar was set low for them because of Aiden Hazard leading, leaving because of their inability to sign new players. And, and, and I think they have really gelled and come together. It's great to see the young American kid, Christian Pulisic, come to into his own. This after a very, very rocky start to his Chelsea career. I mean, they're only 11 games in, but he didn't play. He wasn't even dressed for some of their earlier games. He struggled defensively. He struggled to pass the ball. And now he's really come to it on his own. I think he scored four goals in the last couple of games for them, and including a hat-trick. So it's really good stuff to see. The top four right now, very, very exciting in the Premier League. And if you look at fifth on down, you've got Arsenal in fifth place. They're a story in and of themselves. But then you have Sheffield United, the newly promoted club. Now, I'd mentioned in the previous segment that if you'd been listening to my prognostications last week and the three betting picks I gave you on this weekend's Premier League matchup, I actually gave you Sheffield United over Burnley. They did win at home. The Blades got, got it done 3-0. But look, there's also something about Sheffield United. There's also a belief amongst this team that they can get it done, that the current makeup of the Premier League with your sort of baked-in big six, and you're talking Liverpool, City, Arsenal, United, Tottenham, um, Chelsea, is really in flux. And so it presents a lot of opportunities for other clubs, and we're seeing that in the table. I mean, in the top six, you have Leicester City and Sheffield United Whereas basically every year, year in and year out, you're likely to see Manchester United and Tottenham Hotspur. The other bet pick that I had for you, other than, what did I have? I had Leicester City winning. I had Sheffield United winning. They both won. And I had Man United winning. I thought on the back of a sort of little two-game unbeaten streak, including uh, their 1-1 draw at home against Liverpool, which was a really good result for them and their 3-1 thumping at Carrow Road of Norwich, I really thought they would be primed to beat Bournemouth, albeit away, but they didn't. They lost 1-0. And I said at the time that United had the sort of form that gave sports betters heebie-jeebies because of their inconsistency, but I said I thought they'd turned the corner and there was sort of a feel-good factor around Ole Gunnar Solskjaer returning. Uh, but the reality is I was uh, wrong, or as the Fonz would have said, I'm because they uh, they lost. And there goes another one of my results. So I'm not going to give out any more Man United picks. I'm not going to recommend any games with Man United because, quite frankly, they are just way too inconsistent for me to really get a feel as to how they're doing. So if you look at the top of the table, the top six, Chelsea, by the way, in the best form currently, they are unbeaten in their last five. They have a what could be, by the way, a fairly difficult match hosting Crystal Palace on Saturday. Crystal Palace coming off a loss, that loss to Leicester City at home, 2-0. That's a big game for Palace, too. And there is some discussion in the tabloids that Chelsea are hoping to get their transfer ban lifted by appeal. And if there is, they've got $150 million to spend in January. And one of the people they want is Wilfred Zaha at Crystal Palace. So that could be a very interesting game to watch this Saturday, Chelsea-Crystal Palace. Tottenham Hotspur also in big trouble after a 1-1 at Goodison Park against Everton. Look, this team has won three games all season. We mentioned this to you. I think they've won five games in their last 
21 in the Premier League, 22 in their Premier League. It's really a very bad situation. Let's talk a little bit about the managers and the sack race because there are some managerial opportunities that are going to open. Of course, a big one just opened in Germany uh, at Bayern Munich. Let's talk about that when we come back. Let's talk about managers. Let's talk about the sack race. And let's talk the bottom end of the table where Southampton, Norwich, and Watford are sitting. And poor old Watford, 11 games in, yet to win again. It's got to be more than Troy Deeney. Let's talk when we come back. This Street Soccer. 800 play I'm Nick Eber. Be right back after this. Ah, a little whiskey in the jar. Something I could probably use right about now, quite frankly. It's been a, been a long, long weekend. And... Um, I could just probably use uh, two or three jars full of whiskey, but right now I'm just drinking this uh, Pellegrino Essenza Tangerine and Wild Strawberry Water. I guess it means that uh, I have become a little fruity in my old age, but uh, let's leave it at that, shall we? Welcome back to the show. We're talking Premier League football. We're going to get on to the Champions League here in a minute, and of course we're also going to talk about the management and managers and the sack race because I think I before I do that I want to pull up the sack race odds because it's a lot of fun. But Bayern Munich Park Company with Nico Kovac after their five one defeat at Eintracht Frankfurt. Look, it's just not good enough. Bayern Munich, you know, one of the one of the truly big clubs in the world. And for them to lose five one to Eintracht Frankfurt is, you know, just not acceptable. Uh, but I suppose if you take that same thought, you're wondering, you'd have to wonder why Ralph, wonder why Ralph Hasenhutl is still in a job or Marco Silva's still in a job or Mauricio Pochettino's still in a job. But the main reason is, is that Bayern Munich, this sort of perennial powerhouse in Germany, is currently sitting fourth in the table uh, with only two wins in the last five which is really quite poor for Bayern Munich. I mean, this is a loaded club. This is a club that is built to win the Bundesliga and get to at least the semifinals every year of the Champions League, which they haven't really been doing the last few years. But they're going to get there. I mean, this is a fabulous club. So they do part managers with Kovac, and I think it's probably the right time. It is interesting in Germany, you know, when a manager goes, all the nice things everybody says to each other. It's uh, unlike England, where, you know, oftentimes there's lots of backbiting and sniping and people write books and tell-all books and all the bad stuff that comes out. But I guess there's uh, very little you can do about that. All right. So let's talk about the sack race, because I think if you look around global football right now, uh, in terms of the next manager to be sacked, which is what the sack race is, I did mention Ralph Hasenhutl at Southampton. He is right now the odds-on favorite to get the sack, and he should be because Southampton are in the relegation zone. Two wins, two draws, and seven, seven losses, including that 9-0 home defeat against Leicester City. And again, they had a man sent off. Okay, he was sent off early in the game. I get it. But that should not result in a 9-0 scoreline. Maybe a 3-1, or worst case, a 4-0. 
But 9-0, that was an absolute embarrassment. And then they have the misfortune to go visit Manchester City. Now, the the 2-1 scoreline at Man City was not all that bad, but it is another loss. And again, you know, 4-1, they lost to Chelsea. Uh, They lost to Spurs 2-1. And right now, I mean, everyone's beating Spurs. They have a big, big match coming up this Saturday. I'm going to make a prediction. You have Southampton at Everton. uh, Pardon me, Everton visiting St. Mary's. So they're going to be at Southampton. And this is a critical match because your one and two managers for the sack are Ralph Hasenhutl at Southampton at 6-4, followed very closely at 5-2 by Marco Silva at Everton. And I'm going to suggest to you that the manager that does not win this game so maybe your draw will get everyone a uh, week's reprieve from execution. But I'm going to suggest that the manager that doesn't win this game at St. Mary's is going to get the sack. I cannot possibly see Everton continuing with Marco Silva when they are one spot above the drop. Again, they're in 17th place, Southampton in 18th. Southampton with eight points, Everton with 11. If Southampton beat Everton, they will still stay in 18th spot because of goal differential, but they are going to be tied on points with Everton and Villa, although Villa, in fairness, are uh, away at Molyneux to play Wolverhampton Wanderers. Another difficult match. So next week, we could see the departure of Ralph Hasenhutl or Marco Silva one from Goodison, one from St. Mary's, or possibly both, although I don't think both. The next one to be sacked in the sack race is Unai Emery at Arsenal. Now, look, Arsenal are a shadow of their former selves. This club, this once great club, and who can forget, by the way, that incredible um, unbeaten season, the invincible season, where they didn't lose a single game all season. They drew, absolutely, but they didn't lose a single game all season. One of the most famous seasons of any club in the Premier League era. This club that year in and year out under Arsene Wenger, other than the last couple of years, made the Champions League. That always, just always seemed to be one or two key signings away from putting together a really important run in Europe or in the Premier League. Of course, they have won the Premier League. Let's not not forget that. They just never seemed to find the gumption. They never seemed to find the risk-taking that was necessary to make that signing. I mean, if you remember, uh, they were after Luis Suarez. And I think he had a... I forget. I think he had a 40 million buyout clause. So they offer 35 million. The answer is no. So then they offer 40 million and one pound. I mean, you know, there's sort of constant desire to show fiscal conservatism and frugality, which is to be applauded if you are on the board of directors or an investor in Arsenal Football Club. I mean, Stan Kroenke is the man. But if you are a fan of the club or if you are on the sporting side and you know what you need to do, what you need to add in order to get you over that final hurdle 
and your club just is too bloody cheap and won't take the chance. You know, what can I say? Arsenal are an absolute mess. That's why Unai Emery, who was brought in who, to you know take the team, to sort of stamp a style, to build, a, to build an era under him, is struggling. Can't get it done with this team. And I think the problem is, isn't look, we all know the Arsenal squad isn't good enough. Despite them being in fifth spot, we all know this squad it just isn't good enough. I think the problem with Emery, Unai Emery, isn't that the squad isn't good enough. It seems that his managerial chops are very limited to one style of play. And that style of play he has doesn't necessarily suit the team he has, and that he's unable and or unwilling to modify his game tactics and his game style to match the team that he has while he builds a new team under him. Uh, look, I, I think this is a bad match. I, I, I'm unsure whether Unai Emery is a bad manager or a good manager or an average manager, but this is not a match that works. This is, as we like to say, a mismatch. Arsenal struggling. Unai Emery, I predict he will be gone by the end of the season unless the Gunners can put together a really nice run of form. But if you look at how they've been uh, this season in the Premier League, other than the first two matches where they uh, had their wins in their first two matches and everyone was saying, oh, how great Unai Emery. They beat uh, Newcastle at St. James's and then they beat uh, Burnley at home. But then they had an awful run, losing 3-1 to Liverpool, a draw with Tottenham, which, of course, is, you know, is a sin if you're an Arsenal supporter, and then a draw against Watford away. I mean, it's really just been all over the place. This, this team just not good enough. Although they've sort of settled in fifth spot, I don't see them retaining that spot. I think at some point they're going to get serious challenges from maybe oh, – I'm, okay, I, I'm sorry. I'm going to say maybe Man United – look, if Man United can ever find some form and a consistent run of play and, – and it was bad news, by the way, and I'm jumping all over the place. Hope you can handle my, my sort of train of thought show today. It's just me in the booth. And I had so much to say. The idea of sort of writing this down and being organized about it was really almost, almost an insult to the amount of thoughts that I am having about global football right now. But – you know, if United can ever put that run of games together, they could certainly challenge them. So I thought West Ham could as well. I really thought maybe West Ham would. But in point of fact, it's teams like Bournemouth and Sheffield that are getting it done. And that's why it's so interesting, 11 games into the Premier League. Again, that is more than 25% into the season. Think about that for a minute. That's more than 25% into the season. I think Arsenal are on very, very thin ground. I think their fifth spot does not reflect the performances and quality of this team. I think they are an eighth or a ninth place squad at best. We'll see what happens. I like Arsenal. I have no beef to grind, no axe to grind, no beef with the Gunners or the Gooners. But I am just think this fifth place is uh, flatters to deceive. All right, when we come back after the break... Let's talk a little bit of Champions League football. Liverpool in action tomorrow. Chelsea in action tomorrow In from the English teams. There are a few interesting games. I actually have a little bit of an upset prediction tomorrow. It involves Chelsea, who are playing Ajax at home. I love Chelsea. I, I really like what they're doing. And they did get a 1-0 away in Holland. But I just... Something about this match tomorrow. Let's look at the odds when we come back right here 
on Fist Free Soccer. By the way, give us a call in the studio if you've got something to say, 800-878-PLAY. Or you can find me on Twitter, at Fist Free Sports or at Nick Gieber, either one. I'm going to step aside, have another one of these uh, Pellegrinos, and be right back in three minutes. Hope you'll stay with me. All right, well, I guess uh, we're playing whiskey in the jar again, so I guess it means I need more whiskey. (laughs) I don't know know why we're doing that, but that's okay. Um, I would have preferred some Iggy, but that's just me. But okay, I'll have more whiskey in the jar. Why the heck not? I I definitely need it. All right, well, the Champions League is underway again this week, and we have a full slate of Champions League matches to look forward to. Let's take a look at some of the matchups coming. And by the way, I had mentioned uh, to you earlier that I was predicting one upset this, well, certainly match day one of this week in the Champions League. And, and I think the more, the more I think about this, uh, the more I am in agreement with myself, because I love to agree with myself. I really do, because uh, I think I'm, I'm wonderful. But that's just, you know, I suppose that's, that's allowed, I guess. Um, but the more I think about it, uh, the more I am convinced that they are, we're going to have an upset. Let's, shall we start with, uh, the Camp Nou in Barcelona, where Barcelona will host Slava Prague. Look, Barcelona is another one of these teams that is, shall we say, I won't say struggling's probably not the right word, um, that is not performing to quite the ridiculous levels uh, that has been expected of them year in and year out. Having said that, they're still top of La Liga. They have seven wins. Uh, They only have uh, one draw. But they do have three losses, and they have conceded 14 goals in 11 matches, which is very un-Barcelona-like. And although they've won their last four in a row, they have lost. They did lose their fifth match, I guess, uh, the one five matches ago. And so they are tied on points with Real Madrid at the top of La Liga. I guess that's not, you know, a massive surprise. But also tied with Sociedad. And one point behind them is Atletico Madrid. One point behind them, <coughs> excuse me, is Sevilla. Uh, you've got uh, Granada, who's only two points behind the top of the table. So it is very, very tight at the top of La Liga. We're not seeing that sort of massive separation that we're so used to seeing in Spain uh, it's a lot more competitive. And so Barcelona are under pressure to, you know, to, I guess, win it all in the Champions League. I, I really, you know, that is that is what this team is built for. Barcelona, one of these teams, is just built to win everything. And in the Champions League, they are facing Slava Prague, who have uh, yet to win in their group, although we've, we've played three matches. I don't see anything other than a Barcelona win here. And I think if if it isn't anything other than a Barcelona win at home, at the new Camp, I think, you know, the shocks will reverberate around world football for quite some time. Uh, the odds would reflect that. Barcelona are minus 833. Slava Prague are plus 1700. I don't expect anything here other than a Barcelona win. 
the uh, there's another match though that I think well we're going to talk about all of them so I won't say another match worthy of talking about but the Group G matchup in St. Petersburg between Zenit St. Petersburg against Red Bull Leipzig this is a fascinating match because the dynamics right now of Group G have Leipzig on top with six points uh, two wins and a loss and you have Zenit right behind them with a win a draw and a loss Again, Lyon right behind there uh, with four points as well. Same goal differential, so really tied for second place. Benfica, I would say, are the strugglers in that group. But, you know, they they have three points. So this is a massive match. Zenit don't usually lose at home in St. Petersburg. A Zenit win here would take them to the top of the table. Uh, Lyon are playing Benfica in the other game in that group. So it's possible. It's possible. That if Zenit win and Lyon win, we could have a complete reversal reversal of this particular group. However, however, my prediction on this is not that. My prediction is that we're going to get a draw in Russia. It's going to be a uh, draw right now is plus 250. Zenit are plus 150. Leipzig plus 160. Uh, by the way, these are the sort of opening lines, and they have changed a little bit, but that's uh, what I would say. Zenit, actually, that line has increased since it's open, and this is interesting because uh, the Zenit odds have got greater, plus 185, and the Leipzig odds have decreased to plus 131. So the bookies are tending to think that the pendulum is swinging. The money seems to be swinging towards Leipzig. I, for me, I like a draw on this one, a plus 250, I think, Right now, that's a uh, really good value. Uh, the next matchup is going to be in uh, at the uh, Stadio San Paolo in Naples. In Na- it's Napoli will be hosting Salzburg. I-, I think everybody knows right now I have an enormous soft spot for our friends at Napoli. They are currently top of the group. In, they're in a group with Liverpool, Salzburg, and Genk. They have seven points, uh, two wins, a loss. And pardon me, two wins are drawn, no losses. Liverpool have uh, two wins and a loss. Liverpool will face Genk, I believe. And I'm just going to check this right now. That's at Anfield. That is at Anfield. Liverpool will win that game. Napoli are going to be facing Salzburg at home. And I think Napoli are also going to win that game. So we're not going to probably see any massive changes uh, right there. Napoli are the favorites at minus 139. uh, Salzburg at plus 275. Valencia Lille is another game worthy of discussion, as they all are. I keep saying that, but maybe I just repeat myself. Valencia and Lille is this is a this is a uh, an interesting game because Chelsea are facing Ajax at Stamford Bridge, and, and so we're going to cover two games here. Chelsea look great in the Premier League; they've had some great results in. The Champions League, they've only lost one. Again, young squad, relatively inexperienced. Frank Lampard's the manager. Ajax, of course, were the surprise package last year in the Premier League, going all the way to the semifinals, and then losing against Tottenham in what was a bizarre two-legged affair. I think if you look at that match, and Tottenham fans, don't hate on me, please, but, you know, Ajax were over the two legs, by far the better team. They didn't get the result. And they have something to prove, even though, you know, the team has largely been retooled since that last year, since that run last year in the Champions League. 
I, however, because they lost 1-0 to Chelsea at home, they are now going to Chelsea. And what's fascinating about this match, and don't worry, we'll get to Valencia Little here in a second. What's fascinating about this match is you've got two young teams full of belief, full of athleticism. Again, very, very young. They don't know what fatigue is. They don't know when enough is enough. These teams are going to go at it. And whereas the match in Holland was a 1-0, I don't see this being a 1-0. And something in the back of my mind, I don't know what it is, tells me that Ajax are going to get the result here at Stamford Bridge. I could be wrong, obviously, because it's either going to be a win, lose, or draw. So, you know, one or three, right? But for me, I just think Ajax are going to get it done here away. And right now, that's going to play pay plus 260 Chelsea plus 100, the draw plus 250. I don't think anybody really loves the draw. I'm going to take Ajax plus 260 for this one. Let's go to the other one, the Lille-Valencia match. And again, in the same group, this is critically important because if Lille don't win this match, they are basically done in the Champions League. And they have yet to win. They've lost two. They've drawn one. They've only scored two goals in the group stages. They've conceded six. On the other hand, Valencia have really struggled as well. They're 1-1-1. One, one, one. They've conceded four goals. They've only scored two goals as well. So neither of these teams prolific up front. Neither of them particularly wonderful defensively. Uh, this is definitely going to be a low-scoring game. I think any way, any way you look at this. And... I have to think this game's going to be a draw. This is the Mestalla in Valencia. So let's see what a draw would pay in this particular match right now. Uh, we're looking at Valencia, Lille. The draw is plus 275. Valencia are the odds-on favorite on this game at minus 161. Lille at plus 400. I just, I just like the draw on this one. I, I, again, I'm probably wrong, but I just like the draw. I'm going to put a few bob on the draw, and we'll see where we go. Uh, next match, we talked about Liverpool. Genk, Liverpool going to win this, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Borussia Dortmund against Inter. This is another f uh, pretty interesting match because this is uh, um, they're both tied with four points in basically second place. Uh, the Actually, I believe Inter on goal differential should be above Borussia Dortmund, but we'll see. But Borussia Dortmund, Inter, this is a tough game to figure out where this one's going to go. This is in Germany at the uh, at the uh, BBB Stadion in Dortmund. I'm going to go with Dortmund on this one. I think the home team is going to win it. Uh, there's not a whole lot between these two clubs right now and a plus 100. I don't know if there's any real value for this game, but that's going to be my prediction uh, for this match. Let's move on to the last matches. We've got uh, Lyon against Benfica. Benfica are really struggling. I mean, they're just, they're just not a real good side this year. Um, despite, I guess, despite what other people would say. I, I, I don't know. I, you know I, I don't think that they're going to uh, get it done here. I can't see it. Um, in terms of the Champions League, They've won one, and they've lost two. They've got three points. Lyon won one and won four points. I'm going to edge Lyon for this match. I think Lyon are going to win this one. 
Let's have a look. They are the favorites at plus 100. I think that is how it is going to end. I think that's basically going to round out all the matches. Did I miss anything? I didn't miss anything because I gave you Chelsea, Ajax, and I gave you Valencia. Um, So there you have it. So those are my predictions for the Champions League tomorrow. Uh, We have more matches on Wednesday. Tune in tomorrow. We'll go through with Kartik. We'll go through all those matches. It's a couple of fascinating ones, by the way. Uh, Bayern Munich, managerless, uh, will be hosting Olympiacos. We have uh, Madrid hosting Galatasaray. We have Man City away uh, at the San Siro in Milan against Atalanta. Um, Let's see what else we have. Tottenham are visiting Red Star Belgrade. That is going to be a very, very, very tough match. A very tough match. Probably the toughest match of the lot. We've got Juve going to Moscow to face Locomotive Moscow. That's another tough match, actually. Uh, PSG hosting Bruges. Uh, Who else have we missed? Dinamo Dinamo Zagreb uh, hosting Shakhtar Donetsk. And Leverkusen are hosting Atletico. So that will round out the Champions League matches. We'll go through those in detail with you tomorrow, and we can follow along. You know, it's interesting because... You know, we talk about the Champions League and we talk about Week 11 of the Premier League and we seem to forget that Major League Soccer playoffs are underway. And and part of that is, you know, my lack of interest in Major League Soccer. And there's a hundred reasons, I guess, for that, right? We'll have to go through it. Of course, the big surprise was Toronto uh, beating uh, beating Atlanta. Uh, and uh, Seattle beating LAFC. So the finals are set. It's Seattle against Toronto in the MLS Cup on November 10th. I don't know if you're that interested or not. It's probably worthwhile checking it out, but, you know, eh, sorry, MLS fans. It's just how I feel. All right, I'm Nick Gieber. This is Fist Street Soccer on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM 211. By the way, if you're listening on one of our digital platforms, whether it's iHeart, TuneIn, well, the award-winning Sirius XM app, I welcome you to the show and remind you I'm with you each and every weeknight from 9 p.m. Eastern at 6 p.m. Pacific right here on these networks. All right, I'm going to take a break. Be right back. All right, welcome back for Street Soccer. Just a couple minutes left in the show. I'm sorry if you're an MLS fan and you don't like my blasé, fairly uninterested approach to the Major League Soccer Finals to be held between Seattle and Toronto. Look, it's not that I think it's a crap league because it isn't. It's not a. It's not one of the world's great leagues. It's an acceptable league. It's If you're a fan of any one of these teams, you know, you can enjoy your games just as much as anybody else. I don't like the postseason 12 of the 24 clubs in Major League Soccer. Now, they'll be adding another five at some point. Make the playoffs. And when you have that many teams making the playoffs, it just devalues the regular season. I'm not the only one to think that. I mean, Zlatan Ibrahimovic has been really outspoken on this throughout the season. By the way, he got pipped to the Player of the Year award, which I know really will upset him. But um, 
I'm sorry. That's just the way I feel. I don't particularly like baseball, by the way. I mean, I'm not the world's biggest baseball fan by a long shot. I hardly watch any regular season baseball. In fact, hardly is an understatement. I do watch zero Major League Baseball. And if you listen to me, a guest hosting on Picks and Parlays, uh, I'm sorry if you're disappointed. I, however, love the baseball playoffs. Why? Because it's so difficult for teams to make the baseball playoffs. There are some teams that haven't made it in decades. That, to me, is a playoff system worthy of the name. But letting 50% of the teams into the playoffs is, is dumb. It's boring. It makes the regular season a whack fest. If you disagree with me, let me know. I'm on Twitter, at Nick Gieber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. You can find me also on uh, uh, Twitter as well, at Fist Street Sports. Find me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Fist Street Sports Talk. And I will be back with you tomorrow at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 Pacific, with my co-host, Kartik Krishnaya, who has been uh, having a series of absences as he has a few other commitments. But he will be back I believe next after next week, uh, every day, which I know will make everybody happy, so you don't have to listen to me opining all the time. Uh, but I will speak to you tomorrow, 9 p.m. Eastern time. Be sure to tune in then for Street Soccer. Cheers. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.